0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW for are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it's time once again for another edition of the Know Your Enemy podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and my co-host as always, film guru extraordinaire, Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight, sir? Doing good, Michael. (laughs) Great to hear. And as we do every Wednesday night, we like to uh, bring on a special guest uh, from uh, one of our uh, sister stations uh, tonight, uh, from the Daily Norseman, Mr. Eric Thompson. Eric, how
2: are you doing tonight, sir? Oh, just great. Anticipating uh, how the Vikings could possibly uh, break their the hearts of their fans yet again uh, <laughs> tomorrow night. But they come up with new and different creative ways every single week. Um, and I'll actually be there in person tomorrow at, at US Bank Stadium. So oh. uh, um, I'm excited and scared all at the same time.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Now, this it really has been one of those seasons for the Vikings. Uh, I believe it's been eight one-point contests. Uh, Thursday night football is typically... Uh, a weird, regardless of the matchup, uh, just with smaller playbooks, less game planning. Are you anticipating this game to be uh, one, once again, one of those one-point games, one of those like couple, couple <laughs> points here or there, just a one play makes a difference sort of a game.
2: Yeah, I I mean, it's I think they're contractually obligated at this point to have one score <laughs> games because like, I yeah, I don't think it's one point games, but all but one game, the week three win, uh, the home win against Seattle has been a one possession game at, at the final. And these two teams as and, and it's. I guess it doesn't really matter how the Vikings are matched up because they will, it seems like they'll play almost to the exact level of the, their competition, no matter who it is, whether it's the uh, division leading Packers or the winless lions, they play the teams equally as tough. And I think the, the Steelers are actually a pretty even matchup. Um, I think the Vikings getting a couple of people back on the defense, especially their linebackers is going to help big time, but there are a lot, there's a lot of talent on, on Pittsburgh side of the ball as well. So yes, I, I, my heart, I don't know if I can take it. I, I feel like every week takes another four years off my life watching this team. But uh, I, I, I would expect another close game. I, I, that It's been almost every, nothing but
3: the entire 20, twenty-one season. Yeah, for the Steelers side of Thursday night games, we have a pretty harsh home road split. Uh, it's one of my few rules on the Steelers is the Steelers will not win in California. And number two is the Steelers will not win on Thursday night on the road. Since Mike Tomlin took over, the Steelers are two and six on Thursday night road games. They are six and one when they're at home. Does Minnesota have a? I know, I know, it's kind of a league-wide thing, but I know not everyone is quite as stark as like the Steelers. There, uh, does Minnesota have a Thursday night like disparity, or are they just it's just another normal game for them? Uh, I don't think there's
2: a huge split on the Thursday night. Um, I know there was recently. Before the Kirk Cousins days, there was a really big dearth of primetime games. It's the Zimmer's first several years, it was a really bad record. Then the Vikings started doing better. But I think, um, I, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure Kirk Cousins in his career is eight and seventeen in in primetime games. And I know he just won his, I think it was like his first Monday Night game last season, uh, out of like twelve or thirteen tries. So, um, the both Kirk Cousins and the Vikings kind of have uh, a Pretty poor record, recent records uh, in primetime games, but as far as the actual Thursday night in short rest, um, obviously it's it's I think it's pretty uh, close to the NFL standard. Of of course, it's it's more helpful to play at home on on the short rests and things like that, and they're usually probably a little worse. But nothing stark more than you know the Kirk Cousins is uh, less than stellar primetime record. So with the Vikings' uh,
1: offensive injuries, which are uh, a pretty long list uh, these days, Thielen has been ruled out. Christian Derrissaw has been ruled out. Uh, Dalvin Cook is questionable. But uh, just from some of the reports I've read, it seems like it's probably more likely he isn't playing than is. That's that's just some of the, the brief right. reading I've done. But uh, if uh, the Steelers are able to kind of bracket coverage Jeff- Justin Jefferson, where should we look out for some of, th- some of this o- other secondary offense to come from?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the huge one. I think Adam Thielen being out for the game because having the one-two punch of Jefferson and Thielen is is you can't really double team all the time one of those two guys because the other one's going to going to get open there. I would expect uh, KG Osborne to get a lot more snaps and a lot more targets. Uh, he's been kind of a breakout player. I don't think he played a single offensive snap his rookie year last year. And he's been a, the first reliable third wide receiver the Vikings had in a long time. That said, he hasn't had to do... Uh, he hasn't had to carry that load of you know being being the second guy in command yet, so that'll be interesting. I think uh, Tyler Conklin, the tight end, who's a backup himself because Irv Smith went down for the season before the season even started. Uh, that's another part uh, of the Vikings' offense that's really going to be missing. But Conklin, uh, his his blocking has been kind of hit and miss this year, but he's been a pretty reliable pass catcher. So I think those two would be uh, definitely more involved with Thielen out and maybe uh, sprinkle in some. Uh, good old veteran DD Westbrook who's been mostly a punt returner and a, a rotational guy usually getting about 10 or 11 snaps. He might get a handful more targets as the third wide receiver going to Thursday now.
3: Now, for Pittsburgh Steelers fans who have not probably a lot of them probably haven't heard much about Justin Jefferson uh who's one of the like one of the great receivers like I absolutely love watching him play, but mm-hmm. because it's on the Vikings and we're on the east coast over here, like we don't hear about him. Uh, so tell, tell Steeler fans what Justin Jefferson uh, brings to the Minnesota Vikings. I, th-
2: I think it might be easier to say what he doesn't bring to the Vikings. I mean, it, he was a really good draft pick. People were really happy with him. Um, especially when you compare him to, uh, you know, you can give your neighbors in Pennsylvania a little guff about uh, them passing over Justin Jefferson for Jalen Rager instead. Uh, I think that was, that, that was a I, I there is a video of when Justin Jefferson got drafted. Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer basically ran to the phone to call in that pick because they were so excited that Jefferson had fallen to them. But even as great of a prospect as he was, he has uh, by far over like he's he's exceeded almost every expectation. The knock on him was his size. He's he's not a very big guy. He's he's pretty skinny. He's he's a slender guy, but a lot of people thought maybe at the NFL level, he wasn't going to be able to to get off the line against press coverage, but he can get open just about anywhere on the field. If you look at his next gen stats chart, I'd recommend that uh, if you head out there from his game last week against the lions, it looks like a, just a beautiful painting. Like he is all over the field, all sorts of depths. He's lining up on both sides of the field. He's lining up in the slot and his, his route running and his ability to just find ways to get open uh, is it's, it's really incredible. I mean, he's, I believe uh he is second or third basically all time in yardage through the first two seasons already. I think he's going to be passing Randy Moss pretty soon and that's usually a usually good company to keep and uh, I think the the only one that he he'd be trailing after that is Odell Beckham Jr. who had you know, probably the best two years start to a career in the NFL. So he's already in great company and the sky's the limit for him. He's, he seems to be, uh, he has a really good head on his shoulders and it, hopefully it's only going to get better, but again, it's, it's going to be tested against this Pittsburgh defense, especially without that one, two punch of, of him and Thielen, because like you already had mentioned that the Pittsburgh secondary can definitely rotate a lot more coverage over to him. So it'll be interesting to see how the Vikings attack that on Thursday.
1: Uh, so, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, Christian Darrisaw has been ruled out for this game. Across uh, this Minnesota Vikings O line, uh, what uh, are they going to have to do to slow down TJ Watt and the NFL sack leaders uh, in total total sacks uh, the Pittsburgh against the Pittsburgh Steelers?
2: Yeah, it's that's uh, going to be a lot easier said than done. The good thing is that Watt usually lines up on the side of Brian O'Neill, who is by far the most reliable pass blocker the Vikings. Have that I believe he's a. Third year, I think third year, uh right tackle, just got a big extension before this season. He's definitely worth it. He is the the one part of this always seeming to be in flux offensive line that is a very reliable, especially in the pass blocking game. That said, if he if he switches over to the other side, that that's kind of open season right now because uh with with uh Derisaw out, who it was again, he's only played a handful of games, missed the beginning of the season with injuries, now he's back uh injured again. It'll probably be Ole Udo again on the left tackle spot. That's what it was last week. And uh, he was the starting right guard for every game up until last week. And he, you know, the, my ongoing joke on Twitter was basically you you couldn't spell holding without O-L-I because that's that he'd, he'd get called for two or three holding penalties (laughs) every week. He did better than expected, I guess, last week at the left tackle, but that's still a huge question mark. And by proxy, I think the, uh, Ezra Cleveland, the left guard. He he had a really good game the week before next to Derasa. He he kind of saw uh, his production and performance drop off just because I think he had Udo kind of to worry about in the mid the on the left side of him. And the interior of the line has always been a concern. It's been a concern basically for the last five, six years. Um basically, you know, like since the Matt Burke days, I think we got spoiled, but it's it's been Pretty rough going. Uh, Right now, it looks like it's going to be Garrett Bradbury as the starting center and uh, Mason Cole as the starting right guard. Mason Cole's been a pleasant surprise. The the Vikings picked him up from Arizona as kind of a rotational guy. He started while Garrett Bradbury was out with COVID for a couple weeks and actually started when Bradbury was eligible to come back from COVID. But I think what you're going to see across the line is Udo, Cleveland, Bradbury, um, Cole, and then O'Neill. And again, out of those five, especially the pass blocking, with a, with the like Watt. O'Neal's the only reliable one, but I mean, he, Watt can get he can get through on anyone. I I could I'd expect him to to introduce himself to Kirk Cousins a few times tomorrow night.
1: Now to jump in just before uh, Jeffrey's question, we do have a super chat here from a uh, longtime listener, Brad Jewett. Uh, he says, "Hi, Eric. With all due respect, I hope you guys lose. Uh, first of all, I'm going to butcher <laughs> this name, but uh, but Dan uh, Ch- Chisena is one of my best friends, and I'm curious to see Chisena. if he'll get yeah. any reps. Yeah. Okay." I did okay uh, yeah, with uh, yeah, number 19 bad. Adam Thielen out. Uh, so uh, what do you expect at that uh, receiver spot and that receiver rotation?
2: You're definitely going to see Dan in special teams. He is, uh, he, he's kind of the unsung hero with, uh, he's an incredible punt gunner. He's really, really fast. He's one of the fastest people on the team. And he uh, has made tons of plays on punt coverage. Uh, if, if the Steelers aren't uh, calling fair catches, watch for Chisna on that. I still don't expect he's going to be involved very much in the offense, even with Thielen out, because I think he's the, probably the fourth wide receiver. And the Vikings very rarely run for, for, for wide. And I think you'll see a lot more of D.D. Westbrook and, like I said, a lot more of K.J. Osborne. But I still don't think you'll see a, a ton of Chisna. But you'll, you'll see him on the field, and you'll probably notice him, especially on special teams.
3: All right. You mentioned uh, Kirk Cousins. With Kirk Cousins, what what is the best way to attack him? Are there are there good defensive strategies to go after Kirk Cousins? Are there things to avoid doing? Uh, what is what has he shown over the years?
2: Well, I think the number one thing it's it's been my ongoing kind of problem. I've mentioned the interior of the offensive line, which has been pretty poor. I think that's the number one way to short circuit the Vikings' offense is pressure directly up the middle. It, if it if you look at old uh, games against the the Vikings haven't played the Bears yet this this season, which is super weird, but every time Akeem Hicks, who is a really big, strong defensive tackle is in the middle, he just absolutely destroys anything the Vikings want to do. Cousins is actually pretty good. Like if it's just coming from Watt's side and they just have to worry about one side, they can, they can kind of remedy that with some rollouts and Cousins is very good at it. Well, normally very good at throwing on, on the run and on the bootlegs. And, and basically if everything is going on schedule, cousins is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. It's when you get him off schedule, especially right away off the snap. If it's something up the middle, that's where the bad throws and the fumbles and everything else start happening. So that I would expect Tomlin to bring some pressure up the middle, or at least get the Vikings guessing of where the pressure is coming from. Because if you give Cousins time and everything, and the the plays develop how they're supposed to. He can definitely pick apart just about any defense. But when the pressure is on consistently, his numbers. I mean, if you look at his splits even through this year, who he's. I think he's still like the second highest graded uh, PFF quarterback. But if you look at his splits when under pressure, and not under and kept clean, it's really stark. So it, that's the the number one thing is pressure and especially up the middle.
1: Now, one of the interesting storylines that I've kind of uh, read going on with the Vikings in the last couple of weeks is that of Everson Griffin. Uh, what is what is his whole situation? Should we expect him to be playing in this game? Is he still suspended? I know it's a whole a whole ordeal.
2: Um, he is definitely out for this game. I believe he is on the NFI list. I think that's the official classification. Unfortunately, I I I I think he might be. I, I'm pretty sure he's done for this season, and I I. Yeah, they're probably done with his not maybe if not his Vikings career, maybe his NFL career. It was, it is this is the second time that Everson has had something off the field. Um, that he has, I um, after this uh, latest episode, he um, came out and uh, admitted that he was bipolar and that the he had a 2018 episode, which is pretty similar. Um, it was right before the the Bills upset, I believe, in Week Three, and it was the the day before a game, and it was it it's basically. I think, um, you know, I, I hate to speak on it too much, but I think it's just something with it. It's, it's definitely a, a, a mental health issue and I, it, it sounds like he's getting the help he needs. It's, it was just for, for Everson, unfortunately it was a really thin balance, I think between, um, being you know his usual self and that's for when the 2018 episode happened I mean I have I covered most of Everson's training camps and he was always the first one on the field one of the most happy jovial guys always talking always really outgoing it's just it you didn't know you know what was happening kind of behind closed doors and that's why I think I'm sure that people have seen you know the clips of the Instagram stories he was posting and everything else like that and I think he was just in a really Bad place there mentally, and I don't think it's all the time. But when he gets to that the that place like that, it, it was really kind of a struggle for him. So, I mean, any if he returns to the NFL in any capacity, that's that's great. I think it, it's the number one thing I think for the Vikings and for Vikings fans is to make sure that he gets the the help he needs off the field because you know it can be kind of scary with with that with that kind of diagnosis.
3: Now the Vikings have kind of a more veteran defense. There's a lot of guys. Uh, either approaching 30 or already over 30 uh, guys like Patrick Peterson, Sheldon Richardson, uh, Anthony Barr, you know guys like that, that have been around the league a while. Uh, is this is this defense still as good as it as it has been in the past? Is it still capable of that or are we are we looking at a Minnesota team that's you know a defense is kind of seeing the end of its its days?
2: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of aging people on this defense, and a lot of them came on one-year deals, like Patrick Peterson. um, Like, well, Michael Pierce came on uh, a multi-year deal, but he sat out last year due to COVID. And a lot of these pieces, you know, they they, they aren't long-term solutions for the Vikings. And you know, the 2020 defense was so depleted by injury. I mean, they—they, I think they were dead last or one of the very last in, in total sacks. Now they're definitely up there in sacks, but they're missing a lot of pieces. Last week, with that upset against the Lions, they were missing both of their starting linebackers. Uh, Anthony Barr, who's been dealing with injuries most of the last two seasons, and Eric Hendricks, who really makes that defense tick and that the Vikings really missed him. Um, and Daniel Hunter of course is out for the season again. I mean, it, it's been pretty bad luck with, with injuries. The defense is definitely not what he used to be that, that the, the, the Mike Zimmer defenses that, you know, from the his, the first five, six years of his tenure, that definitely has not been it this year. Uh, I think Patrick Peterson been, has been a pretty pleasant pleasant surprise. Of course he missed last week as well, being out, um, even fully vaccinated. I think he had to miss two games due to COVID protocols and, Bashad Breland has been, um, nothing short of not a lot of fun. Uh, I'll say that I'll, I'll be polite because he, he, he sends out tweets to fans that really, <laughs> to, that, uh, that bad wealth of too much, but he has been a pretty big disappointment. And the, you know, that like, if you even go, go back to, uh, Jeff Gladney, who the Vikings drafted last year in the first round, had a domestic abuse thing. He was off the team before the season even started. Cam Dantzler has been pretty up and down, uh, through most of the season I think Xavier Woods has been a good pickup but that's another one year pickup so long story short the the defense is not where it needs to be I think it's going to be better than last week just for having their starting linebackers back and they're, they're they're getting a little healthier this week but it's still um it's been a big disappointment I think overall for these the Vikings because again like if you look at Kirk Cousins numbers and the offense on the whole I think the numbers look better than the offense at least consistency wise, uh, you know the, the Vikings left a lot of points on the field in the first half, I thought against the lions, but that the offense did enough to win that game. And they let Jared freaking Goff drive down the field with no timeouts and, and complete what I thought was a pretty easy pass to, for the game winning touchdown last week. So the defense definitely has to get better. I know big Ben isn't uh, at his, his absolute apex anymore, but he showed last week that he still has a little bit left in the tank. So um, it's, it's going to be a really interesting battle. I, I think, Points might be hard to come by on either side. But again, with with Vikings and the Steelers games have been in their fair share of of one-score games as well this season. So I'd I'd expect a pretty hard-fought battle on both sides of the ball.
1: Now, after bringing up the defense, uh, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the offensive line struggles uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, rookie Najee Harris has uh, had some success running the ball still uh, as a pretty powerful runner. Uh, How do you kind of uh, anticipate the Vikings trying to slow down uh, pretty much the heartbeat of the Steelers' offense?
2: Yeah. That's going to be a really tough ask for the Vikings because I think that's even, you know, I've mentioned a lot of the secondary guys, but the run defense just hasn't been there uh, when it, when it needed to be, they they have allowed, I mean, it used to be an anomaly when the Vikings allowed more than hundred yards rushing in a game. And I think they've done that in all but two or maybe three games this, this year. And they've allowed over 200 a couple of times as well. And, and the Lions even got to a hundred yards, even though they barely ran the ball last week. So it's, um, that's, that's definitely a concern because that's the, the one way to to wear down this defense, I think, especially in the fourth quarter. And with with Harris, he, he's had a, a tough go of it this year, I think with the, the help in front of him, but he can definitely break those those long runs. Again, I think with uh, Pierce being back in the lineup and having both starting linebackers and Barr and Kendricks, I, I'm a little more confident with that. But if the Steelers can control the ball and uh, avoid mistakes, it's, it's going to be hard for the Vikings defense to get off the field
3: want i want to jump back to offense real quick because i didn't ask you uh about dalvin cook do you expect him to play this week or or do you think he's gonna miss the game what what's going on with him i i would probably
2: put it as more doubtful than not just because it's on a short week and it was a pretty serious shoulder injury but from the it, i definitely wouldn't rule it out completely either because it, it's a shoulder that he's had problems with before but it seems like it might be an injury where it's just kind of a, a pain tolerance thing. And, and cook himself has said he wants to go tomorrow. But of course, you know, that most football players will say that. And, and the Vikings know how important it is. I am a little worried just because I mean he, he fumbled on the play where he got hurt uh, last time. And if, if it's, if he's taken a shot to the shoulder, especially with a couple of the, the big hitters that the Steelers have on defense, it, the, I mean, just the, the, that could happen again, and then he could make it worse and miss the rest of the season, maybe be hurt into next season as well. So if if it's just a pain tolerance thing and they can make that work, sure, then I think he, he might be able to play. I'd, I'd still have my doubts, especially um, with the, the kind of shoulder injury that it was and the fact that it, it doesn't drop off a ton with uh, Alexander Madison in the backfield. He's a, he's a pretty good backup. I, I I like to call him cook light because he does most of the things that cook does maybe just with not without as much as explosiveness that he's had his uh, problems, maybe, you know, finding the hole on some of the, the plays at the line of scrimmage, but he can definitely uh, come up with a nice big player too. two. And I thought he had a really good game overall uh, against the, the lions last week as well. So I'd be a little surprised, but again, I, I, without knowing the exact status of where he's at, I I think questionable is a very good status to have because I think it's up in the air right now.
1: Now all year long, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense has uh, been trying to dial up the deep ball. Haven't quite connected on it yet. They've uh, they've had some opportunities, but haven't really taken advantage of that. How is the Vikings uh, defense when it comes to uh, slowing down uh, guys on those vertical route concepts?
2: Well, um, they did really good on that last drive against the Lions last week because they all they had eight people behind the butt. Um, they they've been okay. That like that hasn't been a a, a huge point of concern. Um, they, they don't have a ton of speed on the outside with Breland and Peterson. You know, Peterson is on the wrong side of thirty and he's, he he isn't the the speed demon. But usually, um, Zimmer, unless he's he's dialing up a big blitz, which it's it's tough to tell pre snap where he's dialing up the extra pressure from a lot of times he'll bring Harrison Smith down and, and rush the quarterback, but it's usually when he Zimmer kind of assumes that it's, it's not going to be a, a deep shot. Um, there, there have definitely been a handful completed, but it hasn't been a, a huge weak point for the Vikings defense. But I mean, it, if it, if it's there, especially with the wide receivers that the, the, the Steelers have, I could definitely see one or two connecting, but it it, it hasn't been something that, it, on my list of worries, it isn't as high as some of, some of the other things going into this game.
3: Okay, I want to get to the most important part of this game, and that is the Jordan Berry factor. Um, <laughs> Your old fan, Steeler fans were pretty happy to get rid of Jordan Berry. He was known as a punter who shanked a lot of punts and got worse as the weather got colder. How is he done in Minnesota?
2: He's done fine. Like he's um his he's been really good on. Uh, getting uh, other teams inside the 20. I don't, he hasn't been booming punts by any means. I think his net average and regular uh, air average has been pretty middle of the road. But um, that's been one of the pleasant surprises overall of the, the Viking season. Is special teams has been a pretty sore spot the last few years. Of course, the the kicking and especially extra points, so the, you're you're never out of the woods with the Vikings, but that, that's been overall better. The punt coverage, I think, is really good under special teams coach Ryan Ficken. And, and Barry has been serviceable. Like, I don't think he's been outstanding. I don't think he's going to get voted to the pro bowl or anything, but uh, he's been doing pretty good. I think last week was only his second or third touchback of the entire season. So he's been doing a good job at uh, trying to flip the field. Um, Yeah. no, No major complaints. And and I, I, I'm a little surprised because I knew Steelers fans weren't the, you know, they weren't too sad to see Barry leave, but he, he's, he's been okay. And that, and when it comes to Vikings and special teams, okay. is just great.
3: Yeah, I want to. I want to throw in real quick. This year is his best yards per punt of his career. There we go. By by, like a, I think a solid over a yard. Uh, so it's he's 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 doing significantly better than he was here in Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, and and I'm, I'm guessing part of that might have to do with playing in US Bank Stadium instead of Heinz Field for all the home games, and of course getting the Detroit game as well. But yeah, it's it's been better than expected, Barry. That's for sure.
1: Um flipping things back over to uh, the defensive <laughs> side of the football. Now um, one of the Steelers uh, better players is another rookie and tight end, Pat Fryermuth. Uh He's put out uh, some decent tape, but uh, I'm just curious how the Vikings try to defend a uh, top flight tight ends and whether or not uh, the rookie uh, could uh, put up another uh, big statistical performance.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, we saw uh, Hawkinson had a touchdown against the Vikings last week and he had a pretty solid game overall. The tight ends haven't, killed the vikings this year but they haven't played like i'm trying to go back through the schedule it's been a rather light schedule with the kind of the the star i guess star tight ends are kind of few and far between after the the, the upper echelon kind of guys but the vikings really haven't faced a ton of them either way so far this season um it's been usually the vikings defensive way zimmer handles the safeties with with help in the middle it's it's not a, a huge concern but with Firemouth i think that's that's going to be uh i I would expect him to be involved in the offense. I think he could definitely have a game like Hawkinson had last week, where he's steadily involved. It might not be a ton of splash plays, but getting those first downs and keeping moving the sticks. That um, it it really kind of depends on what kind of pressure that the Vikings get. I think with their outside guys, because again, after it's after you know they they don't have their starting two defensive linemen. They don't have Everson Griffin. They don't have Daniel Hunter available. So if they can get con- decently consistent pressure with the front four and not have to send a lot of extra blitzers, then I think they'll they'll do okay uh guarding the tight end. If they have to send extra pressure, especially that's um, the Vikings like to send that the, the A gap pressure and send a safety here and there just to keep the, the offense honest. That's where I could see Firemouth um having a, a much bigger game.
3: With with the Vikings overall uh what's the number one thing the Steelers need to stop? For the Vikings to to beat the Vikings, or need to pull off to beat the Vikings.
2: Well, um, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, ha- I mean that's that's in one, two, and three. Especially with Thielen out, I think it's it's a lot easier said than done. Even with Thielen out, Jefferson's going to get his uh, his receptions. This was actually uh, last week was the first time that Jefferson had uh, seven or more receptions, and the Vikings lost. That was the like the Vikings are 0 6 when he doesn't have seven receptions. And up until last week, they were undefeated when he did. Um, that's he is he's going to get open. He's going to get some catches. They're going to scheme him open. They'll do some short passes. They'd like to do end arounds. I think he's even thrown like three or four passes this season. Uh, so the, he'll definitely be involved. That'll be I, I think that'll be the number one thing. And just making sure that uh, the, the the supporting pieces don't do too much. I think the, the Vikings. They probably run too many screens, in my opinion. They they like to run that screen game. They like to uh hit uh their tight end Conklin on a lot of those. And I'm sure they'll they'll run a few of those to Madison and or Cook, depending on who's playing. But I think that's that's the biggest thing. And it really it's it seems like as long as the opponents avoid enough mistakes, the Vikings usually try to find a way to beat themselves. So uh, just kind of force cousins and, and the offense into a couple turnovers. Although another crazy weird stat about the Vikings this year is that they're only one, they're one in four when winning the turnover battle this year, like the, before this season under Zimmer, they were 45 and nine when they won the turnover battle. So it's, it's um, even when the Vikings do get, you know, when that it, it's not a guarantee because they've found really even by Viking standards, really creative ways to lose games. But I I think if you keep Jefferson in check, um, make sure that the supporting pieces aren't consistently getting first downs. I I think the the Steelers have a good chance. And again, I I expect it to be close, but it's going to be tough if Jefferson doesn't uh, get a significant amount of yards and catches.
1: Uh, So we are uh, approaching uh, the end of our time uh, with Eric. Now Um, we like to end our segments with our guests with one final question to completely put you on the spot. What is the final score of this game and what do you anticipate on a short week of football?
2: Well, I think it's going to be very Thursday nighty, which Mm. is good. There's going to, there's going to be some sloppy play. There's going to be some missed tackles. There's going to be plays where both fans on both sides are going to be pulling their hair out and being like, "What, what the heck was that? Um, I, I think points are going to be pretty tough to come by overall. I just, I'm, I'm worried about that the the Steelers pass rush, especially Watt. Um, and from what I've seen on film of the Steelers, I, I thought last week was it was nice, but I think they're, you know, the, the I'm, I'm definitely not uh, a, 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 as afraid of Roethlisberger as I used to be but in their last matchup. So I think, I, I. And I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not being a homer when I pick this. I think it's more of like what we already discussed with the, you know, it's kind of the Thursday night, the Steelers history of it. And and it's just the Vikings being at home. And the fact that after losing to the, the only winless team in the NFL last week, it would, it makes the least amount of sense for the Vikings to bounce back and actually have a a decent win over a pretty solid Pittsburgh team. And especially a well-coached Pittsburgh team. So that's why I'm picking it because nothing in this 2021 season is, is making any sense for the Vikings. Every, every time you, they, you think they're going to zig, they zag and vice versa. So this is just purely like, I I hope that uh, it's maybe a little wishful thinking. I'll say something along the lines of let's, let's go 1916 Vikings. I think it's kind of, it's going to be kind of it's going to be kind of a rock fight i think tomorrow but maybe maybe that score goes a little higher with a defensive touchdown or two or special teams or something it'll it'll be something crazy i mean i just kind of almost want to fast forward to the last five minutes of the game where it's a one possession game and with whatever you know whoever doesn't screw up the most is is going to win because i feel like that's what it's going to be yet again for the vikings
1: yeah that that sounds just about right uh 1916 pro, that's probably score on me so i mean like that that's exactly what we're cheering for i think but uh Eric Thompson, thank you so much for your time tonight. So much appreciate you uh, jumping on the podcast.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. All righty. So uh,
1: with uh, that being said, everyone uh, watching on YouTube and Facebook, just hang tight. We're going to flip over to part two. If you're uh, on the audio side, uh, you're going to have to click over to this second part right now. And Eric, thank you once again uh, for your time today.